So Drake, how many kids does Drake have? Apparently? Just one, which is a yeah. porn star. With a porn star? Yeah, perfect. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. First the um, president, now. Uh, yeah, right. But good <laughs> enough for good enough for POTUS is good enough for Drake, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, Wait, so which porn star? I don't know the chick's name. Oh, okay. all the porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> that shit immediately. Should I don't do know. Right I mean, like, yeah, you can look it up uh, as we as we speak here. Yeah. You know, we, it is 2018 out here, so you can't. That's look it crazy, up. son. That's ah, like, Drake. That's wild. Drake. That's almost Yo. as crazy as Leontius. You started from the bottom and he went went back. Yeah. Leontius, I was just telling the fellas, <laughs> it's a dude in a I video game. I just started game. typing in Drake, and the number one is Drake Baby Mode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, look, look, I win. Um, <laughs> so, so, huh? Leontius. You sure? Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, nah, Leontius, dog. Like it's a, it's a. <laughs> what game is that? It's uh, You know what? Before we even get heavy into it, I'm gonna Google this just for the pod okay. sake, uh, podcast sake. Uh, ah, it's like Rome something. Yeah, man. Sophie Brousseau. Yeah, <laughs> in so true great. double black fashion, he's still focused on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> See, you know, as soon as I said porn star, he was lost. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what? Of course. I got to know, baby. So how many kids does Drake, Drake has one child that he don't be taking care of? And, and oh, he ain't giving no money? Yeah, he he probably home. does. Like, no money for Drake is like, you know, yeah. the $100. He probably so. gives her like 60K a month. Probably so, son. Yeah, he he, he got a lyric, though. He do got a lyric <laughs> saying that his side chick got a side, uh, 5S with the screen crack and she still texts back right away. I'm like, son, you, <laughs> could, <laughs> you could fix her screen, my nigga. Like, you rich. Get, like, a, get a replacement plan. I know how like, much it costs to fix a screen. It's like 149 fam. It's not that <laughs> Come bad. Come on. Come on now, Drake. Take, take care of your kids out here, man. Take care of your babies and your baby's mamas, Drake. That's hilarious. I didn't know. I, mean, I you know me. Leontius. I did not pay attention at all to Drake. Oh, yo, let me see if doing. I can look it up by Leontius. But <laughs> if this game comes up by Leontius, Leontius of something of Byzantium, it was right there. Uh, oh my that god, that might be a real dude. That might be Which, that real. <laughs> you just get a, the first black dude. man of Rome. Rise, yes. son of Rome, oh, Leontius. Look I at that. It comes that. up right there. 
So yeah, okay. I played that game son. at Comic-Con back in the day, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It was like you were like a field commander, like a right. captain, like, yeah, like yeah, a centurion. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was all yeah. about how like you fought hand-to-hand combat Yeah, it was like small squad day, tactics, and, like, and yeah. like you were recruiting dudes to be in your... So, so where, where was the RTS from? Comptinicus? Yeah, I don't even remember. Detroiticus. That's how you know you're a black dude in the ancient world. We ain't in none of them places, but we are the Begin Podcast. What's going on, world? Um, we are in the building today, as we always are. I go by the name of Catalyst, and uh, it's a good to see you guys again. I got the crew with yeah. me. We're going to be talking about Black Klansmen today. And uh, right across from you here, I got... Laser Beam. What's up, everybody? And then next to him... We got Double Black in the building, ready to get all political and Black Klansmen and, you know, up in your earlobes today. Cord Winter Blurred here. Really happy to be back with the brothers here. Yeah, so as I said, we're going to be doing a little bit of the uh, Black Klansman talk today. Um, it's a movie that I guess about four-fifths of the crew has seen now, so we want to talk about it just a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it to Double Black to do the synopsis as he so formally does. And what's up, bro? Take it away. Okay, so uh, Black Klansman is a Spike Lee joint directed by famous African-American director Spike Lee. Um, and it is a film set in, I believe, 1978 in Colorado. Um, and it's about, um, literally, what the title says is about a black m- person who infiltrates the KKK um, and thwarts a uh, domestic terrorist attack. Uh, the guy's name is Ron Stallworth. It's based on his memoir. He was a member of the of the Colorado Springs the police department I think he later uh, joined the state police um, and then he uh, just one day called the this line to learn more about the KKK he saw he saw an ad he in saw the paper, ad in the paper and figured he call and you know, he was like, what? Make it happen. Yeah. yeah, and so he impersonated a white man over the phone, and, and then when it came time to meet, he recruited a fellow officer to play him when he met when they met face-to-face. Um, and the main guy played as John David Washington, plays uh, Ron Stallworth, and then Adam Driver Who plays... Who's uh, Denzel Washington's son, is, is Yes, he that? is Which Denzel. I didn't know until before we started recording, which is dope. Yeah, he's Denzel Washington's son. Yeah. He's in that show Ballers. Check it out with The Rock. Oh, shit. On HBO. Okay, I've been yeah. to like, try and watch that. Yeah, he's in Ballers. Uh, he's actually really good at Ballers. Um... And then uh, he's he sort of partnered with with the white cop who's infiltrating, is um, played by Adam Driver, who is uh, from Girls and from Star Wars. His, his character's name is uh, Flip Zimmerman. Flip, Flip Zim- Zimmerman. Flip yeah. Zimmerman. And uh, that's like go- a Spike Lee name, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally what? fictional character he, he, uh, in real life. Yeah, this yeah. character did not exist. He he yeah. was a person. Well, no, he wasn't. Yeah. He but he wasn't the but he, type of guy that they yeah, depicted the creative, in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. They made him out to be like a Jewish guy. Well, let's keep, keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Add it to the story. But yeah, so and eventually, you know, if Ron is the first black person in the Colorado Springs police department, so he has a kind of a rough go trying to you know find his place um and at one point he's approached by his superiors to infiltrate a um 
uh, a rally that the black leftist group is having. They're having uh, Kwame Mfumo, also known as Stokely Carmichael, come to speak at a local event. And so he goes to that and he's um, sort of radicalized a little bit by and moved by the speech that Stokely gives. Um, Stokely, if you don't know, is a very fiery leader during the civil rights movement. He was part of uh, and a leader of SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. They, they led a lot of the, the, the busing to the South and the Freedom Riders. Um, and, uh, so, and he's, you know, gives his passionate speech that kind of moves Ron a little bit. And then, you know, he calls the clan, impersonates, he does these things. And then, uh, eventually while he's there, he's kind of torn because he meets this girl named Patrice who becomes like his love interest for the film. And she's in the left, uh, black political group. And they have this whole thing of like, you know, she feels betrayed when it comes out that he was there as a cop, like listening um, and so there's there's that, and eventually he thwarts a plan by the Klan to like blow up um, some people uh, by him and Adam Driver's character uh, Flip. Uh, they when they infiltrate, they get to know the Klan pretty well, and then they are um, introduced to the Grand Wizard, or I guess he, they change his title, so he's not Grand Wizard. He's like <laughs> National Director David Duke, the Grand um, Dragon, who later ran for president um, and is still very active. Oh, he's still out there. He's still out there. He was at Charlottesville last year doing stuff and riling people up. Um, he's seen as like a uh, a mythical hero to the alt-right and white supremacists uh, at this point, but he's he's still out there doing things. And he's very well played by uh, Topher Grace as this guy who seems to think he's figured the world out and that white people should be on top. And uh, he's very surprised when he, he's uh, been duped the whole movie by a black man on the phone. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the basic synopsis of the movie, you know, quick and fast. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's uh, and it was definitely, um, uh, from what I'm given to understand, uh, I've read the excerpts from the book, but I haven't read the whole thing. So they definitely added uh, elements to uh, Stallworth's story to, to kind of, I, I feel like, to kind of pad it out to make it a movie. Because I believe that, that uh, in... The, in the actual story, they basically just infiltrated the, the clan, uh, found out who the members were, and found out that they were into some illegal thing, like uh, there were people on military bases that were doing some gun running and yep. stuff like that. So that, that was what the, the actual crime was. That's how they shut the chapter yeah, they, they never of the clan had down. A black terrorist. Right. They weren't trying to thing. actually blow but, up like, but the that, that, That's, you know. Drama. To, you know, that, that was the uh, the real life drama that uh, Spike chose to tell a different, more allegorical tale that we right. So yeah, so uh, yeah, unpack a little bit. So I guess the controversy for a lot of people, including you know the four of us in the begin podcast, is that Spike took a lot of uh, creative license, dramatic license with the film and interpreting events. And so on one side, there is the there's a feeling of like you know it's a fictional story it's a movie it's based on true events but it's not a documentary and so it's just you know he's there to tell a story and to you know one to entertain two to educate and maybe three to enlighten people um and i mean it has gotten a very very positive response it got it won the palm de or whatever it's called at con which is like their grand prize the the biggest prize they give out of oh con. we finally got one yeah exactly Ooh, yeah. He was, he's been gunning for that for years yeah so he got that he got it you know and 
part of the tradition is he got a 10 minute standing ovation like you know the film that wins that year gets this like long ovation and like you know so it's a lot of credit for him um in my opinion as you know someone who's watched film watch it with a really critical eye of how it's made it's a very well made film well crafted film um he worked really hard to bring all his skills to bear uh as a you know spike has had a rough go in some cases you know his products and films and ideas don't always mesh with mainstream ideas so he's had a hard time finding financing and backers so he went and became a documentary filmmaker for a while um and did like uh when the levees break and four little girls and like Mm -hmm. all these amazing documentaries and you can see at the end of this film when he uses some documentary (laughs) footage how he's bringing that all like he's bringing every tool he has to make this film Um, oh just one one thing i think i think it said it was it said in 78 i think it was said a little earlier oh maybe it was 78 I mean, yeah. I could I, Google it, it. It seemed like it, but... Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it well, felt, because they make those O.J. references, and O.J. was big in the late 70s. Right, but he was, he was big in the early... 74, 75, too. Yeah, All right, so, just, just anyway. not that important. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so the... But then the other side is that, you know, it's, you know, seen as by... Um, certain people as uh race baiting and he took too many licenses he changed too many things it's not true like for example the character of patrice the love interest didn't exist at all like you know she was inferred she was she was referenced yeah um but there was no (coughs) specific details there was no events that she spent with she she was referenced in the in the uh the the memoirs so this this movie is uh supposed to be based on the memoirs of ron stallworth throughout right. his time exactly. doing this. So that's one of my biggest pieces of contention is like, yes, I get it that you can take artistic license and try to make things more compelling for your audience. But with something like this that's directly pulled from someone's personal account of something like this, for you to base it on something like that, I feel like you you, you kind of don't have as much of that artistic license to change that kind of stuff. Okay, be um, a little too far off of it. Yeah, exactly. And it, and I feel like it dilutes the the true story and the true message of uh, what they were trying to convey or what that story really could tell to somebody. Because I know after reading those books, man, I felt, you know, a lot different than I did after I watched that movie. Huh. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the big thing in the climax of the movie is that they, th- you know, they thwart this plot to blow these people up that the clan is doing the clan, you know backfires and the clan people get blown up and it's you know i saw it like you know like almost a month ago now and i saw it like w- when it first came out up here in amherst and like people were openly crying and it was like seeing this moment of like black people and white people working together to defeat evil white really evil white people and you know it, it seemed to you know have a message of bringing us together and you know like you know good unites for good and over evil uh, regardless of your skin color and and you know living up where we live everywhere you go is majority white so there's a lot of you know guilt around racial issues still and but it seems like a lot of people had a very positive response to the film and it was uplifting and you know to tie it in to the you know he tied in the documentary footage uh spoiler alert of charlottesville and saying like he was kind of using the movie as a mirror like how we haven't learned these lessons from the past so things are still kind of repeating themselves you know he has footage of you know uh, Topher Grace playing David Duke, but then he has actual footage of David Duke speaking at Charlottesville. So, you know, it, it, it does this nice book ending of the film to make it, to drive home the points. And, you know, um, on one level, you could say that's emotional manipulation and, right. and all that kind of stuff. Well, Catalyst, yeah. can you go, go, go through what the, uh, what you felt the differences 
from the from the book to the <coughs> movie and, and why you felt that the changes weren't so there's tons of of, uh, <coughs> of of little things but I guess the largest things that I thought were the biggest points of contention are Flip that character Flip uh, and he exists there's a guy that they send in in the place around Stalworth to represent him because he's of course black um, but he's not Jewish um, and it's not like as much of a, a thing as they try to make it out in the movie definitely a dangerous situation like if he would have got caught it would have been the same I guess kind of consequences and stuff like that yeah. but there's multiple scenes in that movie where they make it seem like oh man because he is Jewish he's getting pressed out like that the, the one scene that stands out the most is the lie detector scene uh, right, right, which right, yeah. never happens. <laughs> like right. that, that never right, happens exactly, in the yeah. like ever. So it's just a lot of stuff that so it's a height is right. It's created for dramatic effect that I feel like detracts from the overall message that the story tells. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another one of those things, of course, is Patrice. I know you got to have a love interest and do all of that, but you like don't have you to, don't have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if you're you, you, don't, you don't have to. If you're Spike Lee, if you Spike Lee in this, this situation, yeah. you got yeah. yeah. to. Spike Lee, yeah. Spike Lee um, movies, like or just boomers. It's just an older idea that in film you need to have a love. The the, the, the bombing yeah. of the student union thing, like that they mm. try to like portray in the movie that they stop. Like that's a little over the top to me yeah. like you right. know what I'm saying like they definitely helped stop things from happening and evil and stuff but like lives weren't threatened on that scale yeah. and, and I they, think that's very important for the story to say like Ron Stallworth was a a dope dude you know what I'm saying what mm-hmm. he did was dope but like don't make him a war hero you know what I'm saying yeah. don't make him this you know what I'm saying this dude did, that you know he ain't Superman you know what right. I'm saying like so I'm just saying, like it, it, it was in the, a few in, things. In the book, what was the crime that they they got they got them for? Was it uh, weapons like charges? Conspiring, like yeah, conspiracy, like conspiracy charges yeah. or something like that. Like like because yeah. uh, the feds get involved in. Because I've read some excerpts from the book too. Yeah. We have it at my job where I work, so it's been on the bookshelves there, and so I've been like looking at it. Um, yeah, and it it was like the federal government came to him and was like, "Can you help us?" bust these guys because they're working on a, a you know a regional military base right. and they're selling ordnance and, and this could become a threat if we, it's not something we address kind right, of thing right. you know exactly. yeah, um, so. so like that was where it came from um, the the police officer that they have that gropes uh, I guess Patrice in the scene right. and all of that yeah. stuff like that never happens like stuff like that like and I guess that's where the the notions of race baiting and all of that stuff comes yeah. in because these then, are scenes that, that people who aren't as educated on the subject will sit down and be like well this movie's based on true events you know it's inspired by yeah. things you know what I'm saying Everything like, that, that, that happened, happened. Yeah, you know what I'm saying happened. that's awful you know what I'm yeah. saying if like you're not yeah, sad you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. and I don't know. It, I just feel like it waters down a, 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 right. a way cooler story if you know what they're talking okay. about. Okay, and I can I, understand I, that. I felt, the, as I was watching the movie, I felt the most disingenuous scene, uh, it felt totally out of place even for the, for the movie, was when everybody sets up a sting operation on the, oh, to on, the on this yes. cop who that does that man. who in the movie you know uh, harasses uh, Ron sex, Star Wars, uh, yeah. Star Wars yeah. and like sexually assaults uh, um, Patrice in the film and they like together Patrice Ron Stallworth and every other cop on in the force like set this other cop up in a sting operation to like get him to admit on like a, a on tape on you know they bugged themselves uh, to, yeah yeah yeah. and yeah, they're like did just, you hear that yeah I heard it oh I heard it yeah and, I like, heard it yeah. and, and it just I was like this is 
even like with me, I don't even mean even knowing. I was like, this is fictitious. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it feels too good. It, it this feels, is this yeah. is fictitious. Because like, as a hey, black man, I'm yeah. just like, and they kind of say it in the movie. It's just like cops don't do, do that, that to other, other cops. cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to be doing some like major bad stuff for cops to want to take you out. Like they talk about the blue walls. So it's it's just being a racist isn't enough to get you kicked off. Well, I understand. The, I understand yeah. that that scene too. There were a couple of other, other ones that felt kind of strange. It almost felt like, it almost felt like he was making. The he was telling the story, but he was doing it in the style of like a '70s TV show. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like mm. a, interesting. Felt like a like a '70s detective show. Okay. That that you know, like, felt like watching an episode of Beretta. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that, yes. pers- but in that, so he, he, again, so he, certain so he heightens there. the yeah. world. So that scene to me kind of felt like how you would bookend an episode of of like I don't know Adam Twelve or something, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. But but that um, the so I but I understand where that that came from. But uh, I felt like the heightening of it kind of. Was yeah. le- at least everything it was level because they were trying to make it, it look like there's one right. there's one bad cop in this department like one really yeah. bad cop <laughs> well, like, like, like nobody was who, helping who, him get away who, with who, the who, shit who represents yeah. yeah but it's like he, he represents and yeah the, and that's yeah. The, and they're like all we need to do is right. work together we can get rid of this one bad cop and then but we're I guess all, that could yeah. be even like, like yeah. a again that's like well, a TV show kind of but it's a it's a template it's also saying that that you know if if police departments actually did that they could probably be Right Less again, props. it's like a lot of lessons that Spike Lee wants yeah. society to, to learn. Like, hey, police departments, if you get rid of yeah. your bad cops, like Joe, saying, you, know. you, you could do that. Yeah, so yeah. I guess that's not out of the question. I'll, I'll right. say this though: that's why it was fictitious to me. Okay. I'm like, because that's not happening. As far it as the, the setting went, though, and the job he did of creating the world, even though it was a heightened world, I went to see it with my mother, who who lived through that era, who was uh, who who had a background in activism. And uh, you know, you know, dealt with uh, dealt with racist, dealt with the Klan at some point, and she was visibly affected by the imagery and and the the, the setting, you know, and and how uh, it was it was portrayed. I think you mm-hmm. know she actually had a little PTSD. I was like, mom, yeah, yeah, have some popcorn. Yeah, I mean, I it's you know, see, it for me, this is a happy yeah. problem to have because it's never sure. existed at this time in the history of cinema where we have two films by black men about the black experience telling the black experience in different ways one trying to be more like by the book with Spike Lee and then one with Sorry to Bother You with Boots Riley and being fantastical and this is a happy problem like it's it's like this kind of contrarian idea in my head of like what is the more blacker film what is the more and the more interesting one one of the more interesting things is the different groups of black people I talk to like the older the group the more they like black Klansmen more and the more they like the way the story is told there more and and because they live through those events and they appreciate like those kind of things um, where as they have a more difficult time with like the magical realism and like the horse surrealism. people surrealism 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 that is in uh, sorry to bother you like I they can, like the message that. and they feel that it's like a good movie and it has a good point and a good heart but they it's like a bridge too far you know for them right, and so, right. it's a generational gap yeah, it's like, a, generational uh, a, lot of, a lot of the stuff that's mm-hmm. going on yeah. in sorry to bother you is uh, 
you know, millennials and, mm-hmm. and, and on, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, because yeah, like, a lot of it's based on economics. Contemporary art galleries yeah, yeah. and, well, like, working as, like, a telemarketer, like, those yeah. things are, like, you know, not Well, relatable. it's how you, and also, yeah. it's also how you, it, it's, Boots exactly. is telling the story of the black experience from from more modern perspective where you, where it feels surreal, it feels isolated. And and, mm-hmm. and even the storytelling mm. of, um, of, um, Donald Glover in Atlanta has the same kind of thing. Like whenever, whenever uh, the characters are around a lot of white people, it just seems a little heightened. It seems oh. a little weird. Yeah. You know, right. like there's one That's scene, in, yeah. you know, in, in in Atlanta, which kind of remind me of. I mean, getting a little. I'm sorry about. I'm sorry, bother you. Where he's in a, um, they're in an office, they're in a lawyer's office, an entertainment lawyer, and at some point, the office gets quiet and everybody's looking at him. Right, and he's just kind of like on his phone. He kind of looks up and around. Yeah, and you know that's what it feels and, like. And of course, yeah. that's what it again. Yeah. It, it, it's like as a black man. It's like, yes, it's like, yes, it's like yeah. the rap scene from yeah. Sorry about from Sorry exactly, about exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then so I, and, I, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. So it's it's tell, and, and the big difference for me and a black Klansman is kind of more more like you know your the 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 character Ron is is kind of he's got it's it's not as isolating. It's not weird to him is just kind of like it's like alright I'm just gonna do my thing and yeah. Yeah, he's way more grounded it's a heightened world but right. it's a more grounded character what were you gonna say I, well he's he's also based on a, a real thing like yeah. I think the, the very large difference between well, so these was, two but so was so to bother you he, he did I mean he, he did telemarketing he said, he well, yeah, and he said yes yeah, some of the elements of the character are based on yeah, him as right. a person like yeah. mm-hmm. and everything but like this is directly coming from right, like right. source material that but they're both, we you know, they're both reference like writing both, from from but one is just like way more heightened than the other but absolutely, they're both writing absolutely. from absolutely. Yeah. yeah and uh, I mean I guess the other thing I would say is in watching you know both these films Boots' critique of Black Klansman that was on Twitter was really interesting because he talked hmm. a lot about how you know he you know he started off like praising Spike saying Spike inspired him but he feels like Spike compromised too much in this movie and that like Spike did uh you know got hired by the NYPD to be like this kind of like liaison officer to make community relations better and make movies or videos well, and things. as he put it bl- bluntly as Boots put it bluntly yeah. he was like to make cops look good. Yeah, to make yeah. cops look yeah. good. He got two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, to help make black man. I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And He's so, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. and at, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you know, it, it's like how Laser Beam said. It's just like it's that scene is like you know made you it leads you to believe and give you the impression <laughs> that like you know there's only one or two bad cops out there that are you know ruining it. And if that's the case, then get rid of those guys and then we're all good. And that's the message Spike Lee kind of gives. But the reality is. Is, is a lot different and people well, are it, on it shades of gray I mean you don't you know you don't know sometimes it takes only takes one one dude to 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 tip like if everybody is is if you got like 10 people like like 10 cops and one guy does it dirty and the other and the other nine are just like oh I guess we're gonna have to we're all in it now yeah Instead, exactly, exactly you know, yeah so it, sometimes it really only takes one yeah yeah but that's what I'm saying. Like thing. one real bad actor influences a lot of like neutral or gray right. people. But and one stuff could, like that. one good actor could influence on the that's other. That's what too. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think so, that's what. The, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so it's interesting to kind of like look at these movies and kind of um, compare them to each other. And another interesting thing is, you know, sort of Spike, and this is a, a friend of mine brought this argument to me, he's an English professor over at UMass, and he said, you know, because we watch a lot of movies together, and we were talking about Tarantino, and he was like, 
you know, Spike and Tarantino have had this very contentious relationship, you know, but in many ways, their art is very similar to each other in that, like, you know, Tarantino's like one of his most famous movies in Glorious Bastards, which is like not actual history, right? Sure. Like those guys did not kill Hitler, did not blow up that theater, but he took dramatic license to tell a heightened, interesting story. And he was like, kind of, my friend was kind of like, oh, that was awesome. advocate and saying Spike that did like, the same thing. and Spike did the same thing. Like yeah, he took it's history. A, it's a revenge fantasy. Yeah. He took history, <laughs> what actual events and he embellished them to tell, you know, but, but a, a, a more compelling story. Did, 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 yeah. did Quentin Tarantino just use real people in a fictional story? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Spike Lee, Spike deeply made up fictional <laughs> shit in a real story. Like, I, I, I feel like they're significantly different. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They're totally comparable, but yeah. I, I think they're significantly different. In but they're the, closer than I think. Like the Spike Lee is always trying to say, I'm, I'm not Quentin Tarantino. Like, right. Yeah. Right, right, like right, the point right. is that like right. they had like a long running beef, beef in a right. lot of ways. Yeah, but, but they similar. Have, similar. Yes. They're yeah. similar, but their art is actually very similar. At yeah. least in this, like my friend, you brought that point. I was like, that is pretty cool, man. I, and I've been thinking about that for like a week or two. And, um, and as far as large differences in real life, there's a part in that movie where David Duke kind of like figures out that he's a black guy, right? No, 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 he okay, never. Cool. Yeah. Right. At the very I end, he kind of tells him. He he's like, "Aura, you sure?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, black people. That's say what I'm Aura. talking. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end, they like allude to that and everything. Well, he, call him. He's tipping his hand. He's just like, you know, he's trying to tell you that. He tells him like, "Ron Stone, I've been black this whole time. You don't right, cracker. right." In yeah. real life, uh, there's an interview where David Duke says he didn't know dude was black until like '06. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah. like, wow. uh, yeah. But again, that's like that's like the revenge fantasy thing. It's right. like I felt. Like, yeah, I felt exactly. like the end of the movie, especially, was kind of like to me, it wasn't necessarily Ron Stallworth's lived experience, but it might have been like what Ron Stallworth wished he did. Like, it's like you get to that's cool, you, you get to put, yeah, sure. what, what it's like, man, you know, if that's, I could have called back David Duke, yeah, my friend, that's what he that? said because yeah. you, you know, he writes about film critically and he's watched a lot of films. And he said, it's like, because I showed him because he loved Sorry to Bother You, and then the week later we saw Black Clansman, and he loved that. And then he saw Boosters thing, and he was like, I've never seen a human being so torn up. About, right. He was like, about movies, and he was just like, yo, like, this is really bothering me. But he's kind of settled on this, like, Spike made an inspirational movie. It may not be exactly what happened, but it's the whole point is to inspire people to be better, to, like, you know, appeal to your better selves yeah. and or stuff like give, that. I, and I even felt like it's like a little gift to Ron Stallworth put on, put on films. Like, man, it's like, if, like if, you, if you could have asked him, what's one thing I wished he, you know, I wish I did. It's like, man, I wish... I call back David Duke and be like, this is me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah. And so he got to, you know, do that. He got to do yeah, that. Vicariously yeah. through this film. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I let's mean, talk uh, uh, some performances. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, we got uh, Ron Stallworth played by John David Washington. Right. Yeah. What'd y'all think? He did, he did well. You know what I'm saying? He was definitely like... I don't know for this part of this uh, the podcast every time I always want to base it upon like acting capability and not necessarily like how I felt about the movie um, and I think he did a great job like you know what I'm saying I was I, I believed him as a character he made me want to infiltrate some shit you know like I was <laughs> I'm trying to you know infiltrate Starbucks you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, got to got contemporary to. white give me man, some health you know care yeah, 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 yeah. Like and he was sit down for five minutes so, yeah so I, I thought he was I thought he did well I, I really I did. Thought yeah, did I thought he did well yeah, I thought he did good as well I, I just want to say I thought he did very good I didn't think he did a great job or anything there was parts where I could see 
he was like this is his first big movie. Yeah, like he really is, only has yeah, yeah. Uh, Ballers, yeah, the TV, TV show. That's right. Um, and now this is his first leading uh, movie. Yeah, he's a leading um, man now. Or big, big movie, big production. And so I could see it as his as I was watching the film. I could see his performance be a little stilted, a little like he's not comfortable yet being the lead man. Like like whenever like people would confront him, and then he would do his little kung fu moves. And stuff. I liked the kung fu. I thought that oh, no, was a good I, yeah. adaptation. And, and, yeah, it was a good, yeah. it was you know seventies yeah. thing. Because I don't know if that's in the book, but he talked about. I watched an interview with uh, John David Washington, and he said that was like you know it's set in the seventies, and he's like from what I know about black people in the seventies, especially black men, they were obsessed with kung fu. And so he was like, it would make sense yeah. that this character Jim, would. <laughs> Jim Kelly. And yeah. <laughs> and so every time he did something cool, he would be like, ha ha, and do some. Co-. So he like added that like as a part of the character because he was just like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like all these black, mm-hmm. you know, famous. It's just characters. something about like his his eye contact. Yeah. His eye contact seemed a little off when he was mm-hmm. talking to people. He seemed to be kind of staring past them. It's just a thing I noticed. I don't know. Hmm. Now, um, what do you. All right. What, all right. Uh, the next person is... Well, well, I just want to say one thing. You guys uh, notice any uh, Denzel moves in there? No. Uh, his voice a little bit. His voice, but you can't help that. Some but, speech patterns. Yeah. yeah just yeah. The, the, the same affectation. But yeah, I mean, I think bit. he's trying really hard not to be his father. And yeah. So I was going to say, to be honest, had it not come about that that was his son, yeah, sure. this, I would have yeah. never known. Yeah. Nah, I would have yeah. never been able to place any... Yeah. yeah. Mannerisms. Did you, Corwin? No. Just a, a, a couple. Yeah, you know, like you said, those some speech patterns a little bit. Cause, but I was kind of looking for it. I was like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were looking for it and you could barely yeah. see anything. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I thought he did. I thought he did well. I thought Watch it Ballers. A, it comes out sometimes yeah. when he does. He he's like he does some Denzel type right. things in Ballers every once. I in guess a while. without your dad, it makes you think that like, what if his dad does that in real life? Like, got to clean your room, son. Got to clean yeah. Your room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. just you want to clean that room? <laughs> this room right here this room right here <laughs> so I can uh, I can bet so I, I thought I did well I thought it was um, hopefully he'll, he'll have a, a promising career ahead of him yeah, I hope yeah. so too yeah I, I really hope so yeah. Adam Driver as Flip Zimmerman the most Spike Lee name of Spike Lee names <laughs> yes so I, I just want to get into it real quick I, I you know I know we've said about like his character in real life the character the person he's even based on was not him at all he's not his name's not Flip Zimmerman. He wasn't Jewish and all that. But I thought Adam Driver's acting was amazing. Adam Driver is becoming one of my favorite actors. Because uh, there's a scene where he was, even though it's fictitious and it's made for dramatic effect, thumbs up, he did it. Uh, he's like, there's a scene where uh, Adam Driver, Flip, is like really thinking about his uh, Jewish heritage. He's like, I never really thought about it for the first time. And, and you know, or this is the first time I've ever really thought about it. And like he like sold me. He was like, "This yeah. is the best acting in this whole movie." That and it was like for the entire movie. It was the best scene. Like those well acted. Um, like, yeah. well, again, I felt his his plight. He, I, I, I I did not say he was badly acted. No, no, he, I just, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was yeah. a good character. character. I yeah. was compelled good. by the characters. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing, yeah, yeah. and there were multiple scenes where I felt angry. I felt sad. I felt yeah. happy. Yeah. I felt the movie. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But for it to be lauded for what is being lauded for and placed in such realism, like right. let's gain some perspective on that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because no, it, absolutely. It, it, I agree. It, it, it means it means a lot. Like it really right. does. You know what I'm saying? To tell a story like this and to have something like this be a a major, I don't know, story in history that a lot of people probably hadn't heard before this, it, it... 
it means a lot to misconstrue it. And and, yeah. and so that's yeah. the, the, sure the, right. the yeah. big point I'm trying to make. The sure. acting, the filmmaking, the 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 shooting of it, it, it was all put together well, but... It, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, there's certain choices, you know, Spike made. I, I think, you know, making that character Jewish and bringing him in. Spike, you know, being from New York, I think he wants to carry a big tent. Being a progressive guy from New York, he wants to, you know, bring yeah. as many people, yeah. you know, into the you know, in, into the story as possible instead of shutting people out. Um, and that's always been a hallmark of Spike, you know, and so that's, that's yeah, what he does. Yeah, he always has do, a Italian thing yeah. or yeah, Jewish characters right in his movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I also and he's been open that. about saying they share our plight and yeah. stuff like that. So I was yeah. going to say that, um, just for me personally, uh, I, I spent time in Colorado when I was in the, in the service and, you know, no. Colorado's pretty damn white. White. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, right. I mean, like, like, yes. like real white, Still, like, 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 like white bread. Just people, you know, like, yeah. like Mormons. Yeah. And you know, the Jewish guys from New York are the dudes I hung out with. Yeah. <laughs> so I got it. I'll, I'll just put it that out there. So I was, yeah, yeah. I was, no, that, I was, that makes sense. I was feeling I mean, Ron. I, had I was feeling friends. Ron and Flip. Yeah. I was I mean, feeling yeah, Ron and Flip. I mean, I've definitely had <laughs> Jewish that. friends That's who are like especially Jewish families to move to certain parts of the country, and they're like, yeah, it's like being like a minority or a black person because your family is the first Jewish family to move to this part of Missouri or this part especially uh, in Colorado, Colorado Springs Colorado, man that, yeah. that place whoo alright yeah, so, anyway. So, anyway I loved Adam Driver in this too I, okay, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really yeah he, he really sold me on even it even yeah. as as a you know as the as a supporting actor hopefully he'll get a nod because I thought it was I thought he did a great yeah, job yeah I, I think he did a great job as well great yeah. alright and we got uh, Laura Hammerman heroin heroin I think it's Harrier. 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 As Patrice. So, yeah, I mean, her thing was, she did a, a fine job, you know, but the character, to me, didn't have a lot of gravitas to it, a lot of gravity. Yeah. Um, she was supposed to be, an you know, analogous to kind of Angela Davis and this, like, fiery, you know, female activist and stuff like that, and she just kind of was like... yeah. You know, she just didn't have that. And, you know, maybe it's because uh, she didn't exist in real life or she wasn't a part of those movements. And, you know, the way Spike tells stories, nine times out of ten, if you have a male protagonist, he's going to... Like, you watch Inside Man, there's a whole side story about him trying to... Denzel Washington's character trying to get back to his girlfriend to hook up with her. And she's like, are you coming home tonight? And he's like, there's this major bank robbery. So Spike always has, like, the main character have a girlfriend do stuff. Yes, because he's old. I think it's it's partially that. I think it's, like, half the fact that she wasn't a real thing. And a lot of this movie has basis on something that Spike could grab onto. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when he was stuck in a place where he couldn't figure out where to go next, he could be like, well, this is the real person. Let's figure out, you know, where they went with that. Right, right, right. So there's a lot of things he just kind of made up with this character that you can kind of tell. The other half is that it just wasn't acted that great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm going to get into. Yeah. Like, 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 you get, like, we'll get into it. Yeah, because you're like, uh, she wasn't based on a real person. Like, but as an actor, you can... That's your job. Exactly you what we just real. said, what I just said about Adam Driver, whose character was, for the most part, made fictitious, up. Fictitious. Fictitious. Yeah. Like, he brought it, because uh, he's, a, he's a skilled actor at Season. this point. Seasoned, skilled, exactly, actor. And she's, uh, I, I like her. I think she has potential for the future, but I just think, in here and now, in this film, she didn't really uh, bring it uh, as in terms of acting, like uh, of, of exactly what you said. She lacked gravitas. She lacked exactly the 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 archetype that she's supposed to be, like a uh, Angela Davis. I was it was it was felt half. It felt very fleeting as I was watching it, and she was just like, 
like kind of almost sleepwalking right. through the movie. I get, you know what? Like, I, I understand that. Yeah. I understand the lack of gravity and and yeah. but and I I'll say I'll say this. Yeah. The way I kind of took it is that she's a college kid and she's an angry college kid and sure. and you know having been an angry college kid and seen many angry co- and many angry college kids they don't have gravity <laughs> you know so she's like you know true so she's like an angry college you kid you don't say that around the five colleges <laughs> <laughs> it's like an angry college kid and hey man I got locked out of my dorm yesterday yeah. that was that was career dealing, that was character defining for me man <laughs> dealing with uh, you know hair on my chest <laughs> and, but, and I guess I laugh <laughs> but you know lots of but cry. students at that at that time you know they, they did they were doing you know dealing with some real issues but you know, you, you think about okay, this is this is this kid mm. in Colorado Springs going to school. So maybe there yeah. was like a element in there. I was like, okay, yeah. they're not, you know, they're not in like you know Selma doing doing mm. stuff. Doing that. Right. I, I, felt like, I could also I'm, imagine that coming yeah. from Colorado, you you might lack quite a bit of gravitas. <laughs> like in like that, in that aspect. say Chicago, you know, well, maybe she's from Chicago. No, maybe she's out of state. They, they did just move yeah. over to Colorado. Right. No, just, she just goes to college in Colorado. Okay, that makes sense. Lots of people go to college. Is she from Detroiticus? She's from Detroiticus. But anyway, that's that was, but I, I, I agree that, that um, yeah. she, the, as far as the gravity yeah, you, of, the, of the performances, yeah. she she was the youngest actor. In yeah. And, and yeah. her use kind of showed. I think she can kind of grow into more, you know, Mature and mature into roles and, and things. So. Oh, shout out to uh, Steve Buscemi in a supporting like in yeah. a sp- well, supporting again, role. Spike always geez, just Spike is always going to give him. Who's Buscemi? Yeah, just in there killing. He was the uh, the he was, older. He was Adam Driver's racist. partner. Yeah. yeah, he was Adam, Adam Driver's senior partner. Yeah, yeah senior partner. They, Adam Driver and he's the guy uh, liked OJ. Right, he's, he's like his I like favorite OJ. black person was OJ, <laughs> yeah. which was fantastic. That's classic Spike. That's Spike at his best. Yeah, right. Of like throwing that in. Well, let's talk about that scene. Simpson the third. Yeah. Talk about that well, how much like white people loved O.J. O. Simpson well, pre nineteen ninety one, you know, but yeah, ninety five basically or yeah, whatever yeah. year it was yeah, yeah nineteen ninety five ninety four um, actually ninety four is when the murder happened exactly. and ninety five is when the trial was and uh, so exactly just the contra- just to show that once you go on like kind of the the blacklist of, yeah. <laughs> of America you you kind of you're either the hero or the villain. As the, Pretty much. The that's true. Mm-hmm. That, live that, long that, enough. Good, good call. Yeah. You live long enough, you be, the hero becomes the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Bill Cosby about that. All right. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. like. That's like. There's some. Oh, man, that 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 hurts, man. Like, <laughs> no, but it's a fair. I'm a serial well, we get into man, it for a little bit as much as we want. That's but crazy. Yeah. No. And he deserves to be a villain. Dad Albert is a serial. And he deserves to be a villain, but so is Roman Polanski. And I, yeah, know, I don't hear Roman Polanski's hit. Yeah, but Roman Polanski was a serial rapist, man. I mean, goddamn, dude. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they're not saying Roman Polanski but, is a scumbag. Roman Polanski. But you're saying is Bill scumbag. Cosby is a serial. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, know, you look back at some of the stuff like in in, in but his if eyes. Bill Cosby but, had died like ten years ago. This probably would have never ever came out. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, no one would have ever talked. I mean, if it wasn't for ever again, if it wasn't for Hannibal Burris, none of this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's real. So I'm saying. So I think honestly, like. Yeah, because if but like Hannibal Buress said that because Bill Cosby was saying stuff about young black comics, yeah, and saying how disrespectful they are. So Hannibal Buress was like, "Shut the like, fuck up, like, really? Bill Cosby." Yeah, that's right, really right. what. Yeah, happened. that's what happened. Like that's he, what was, happened. he was talking shit and like yeah, he was his just whole. Like, 
like for a whole tour, one of his running jokes for like ten minutes of his like, set was up. about Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. he was you, like, yeah, "You're a rapist." He was you like, rape "You're around. a rapist, Bill Cosby." Don't tell yeah. me to pull my pants up. He yeah. said, "No," <laughs> and the people in the crowd were getting like real upset. He said, "No," he said, "I'm not, I'm not." Pulling back on this, he said, "Google Bill Cosby rapes." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Look what comes yeah. up." Yeah. And, and it so just caught fire. It just caught fire. Yeah. It just caught fire from there. But yeah, and well, but, if, but yeah, but if he had been dead ten years ago, he wouldn't have been saying shit to Hannibal <laughs> Burris, and then Hannibal Burris wouldn't have fired back. Like, so that's my my point is that like you know, again, you live long enough, right? You're gonna see yourself become well, the fucking villain. And that is a and, and again, that's Spike, no, Spike I mean, is illustrating that in that scene. If you want okay, let's talk about. That's true. All right, all right, talk about. About uh, Topher Grace as, as David, uh, Duke. David, David Duke. I liked it. Probably, I I've seen a lot of David Duke in real life. He doesn't seem to really uh, <laughs> know match. what's going on. He doesn't match David Duke like Topher Grace. But I thought Topher Grace's acting was just really good. Yeah, like, he's yeah. a great actor. Every like, time I see him, he doesn't like, have that good of a range. But, yeah, but I he wish he was like, in more stuff because whenever he pops up, I'm always surprised and like pleasantly surprised. He's yeah. always like plays this quiet, unassuming, but yeah. like kind of like dangerous dude and you're like I wouldn't leave that yeah. guy alone with my kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he plays he plays like uh, again going to the, uh, the the kind of 70s TV theme like you said he plays like every 70s dad like hey how you doing yeah exactly you know I'm just uh, gonna go kill some niggers <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah the, I'm gonna you know, go. that he was so uh, matter of fact about it yeah right. it was just it was so like, like, I, I liked it I guess it's very intriguing for mm-hmm. me um, because why so? The real David Duke is kind of intimidating, like looking, like he's like yeah, they he's look very menacing. Different. Like yeah. that's the and the look. Well, so he's gotten it, older and kind of like you know wizened and right. And, he looks so he looks like, like a crone now. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got honestly, those caveman to me, features. Like, he I loves. just looked up a picture of him, like. Willem Dafoe could have paid. Yes, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yes, like, he has a highbrow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and and it, it kind of took away some of the menace from me. And like but David Duke younger, is a menace. Because I remember dude. when he was running for president, he didn't look like he no, looks yeah. now. Right, I mean, right, right, right. It's like right. Palpatine, like evil, like we all age. ages, but right. evil <laughs> ages a certain way. <laughs> it's like Palpatine, it's, bro. It right. doesn't age. It just kind of does that to you. Yeah, man. I feel you. I feel you. But so it, that kind of yeah. took some of it away. But I, I will agree with Laser being like uh, I've seen some of the older interviews with David Duke and he just looked like you know he's just like I, I'm just I hate black people because I'm stupid like you know what I'm saying like it's never like yeah. he always any kind of logical like, reason behind why yeah. he feels yeah. how he feels and I feel like uh, you know that was uh, Topher Grace uh, captured that beautifully right uh, yeah. so um, I would say that that was cool it's just the casting for me kind of took me out of the character mm. Corey Winter what do you think no, it's the same thing. He having him play kind of like the dad from Eight Is Enough, you know, kind of yeah. like a little bit of little bit of courtship of Evie's father. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of goofiness. Um, oh, okay. Just to kind of TV throwback to your TV thing. Yeah, that but Spike yeah, is done. exactly. Yeah, but seventies yeah. yeah. playing into the. the but theme. to make it, I mean, I guess if you had made them made the clan guys super menacing and super in, intimidating, it kind of gives them more more credit. If you want to make it, then then actually do well, but also like that's the. I mean, he kind of explains it in the film that that's their whole thing is that they're understated. Like right. you know, they've moved to this point where they're like hiding in plain sight. Right. And so David Duke is a guy. 
he could be a used car salesman, but also have like Nazi shit in the back of right. like, hey, would you like to buy a car and also like sign up to hate niggers today? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Like, and that, that was that, one of the really. <laughs> I want to bring that up real quick. recruited <laughs> yeah. the hatred of Negroes. <laughs> but that was uh, one of the critical points that I thought the Spike Lee brought up in the film yeah. of, of like when the sergeant yeah. cop is talking to uh, Ron Stallworth. He's like, like this guy David Duke guy just cause he, he wear this new face of racism like they wear a suit and tie is not yeah. just not the guys right. on uh, uh, that's the play, why I was on in the horses the, yeah. and stuff and he was like the next president of the United States could be just this guy in a suit and tie who just spouts you know racist <laughs> stuff on the under on the on the down low uh, uh, or not so down Trump. low <laughs> yeah. and he was like that'll never happen America will never fall for that and he was like well yeah, yeah, exactly. Trump yeah, yeah and so like that's I mean, I think that's part of the, like, I mean, there was a film back in the 80s with Tom Berenger, I forget the name of it, and it's about uh, this woman, female FBI agent, infiltrates a secret chapter of the clan. Deborah Winger? Uh, Deborah yeah, Winger, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Betrayed. Betrayed. Betrayed, betrayed, I think, yeah. Betrayed. And so, yeah. and it's a, and that movie is based on real life events of how, like, the clan, they're, they're, they're the face, but then there's all these, you know, up until recently, not so underground members. I mean, it was called the Invisible Empire for, that's when it was founded by Nathan Bedford Forrest. It was called the Riders of the Night, the Invisible Empire. So they have this public face, but then their whole membership is on these like secret lists and you don't know how many people are really in it. And that's the whole thing is that, you know, you know, you could be talking to, buying a car from a guy and then the next day he's just like, goddamn niggers moving in, let's burn a cross on their lawn. <laughs> You know, like that's just how it, and so I thought Topher Grace was really great as that kind of unassuming, like, yep, would you like to buy some insurance today? And also, <laughs> yeah. we'd like to sign up to our cross burning uh, on Saturday night. Bring the kids, family fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, and uh, there's a little bit of interesting history about uh, Birth of a Nation and how that, that mm -hmm. film yep. almost sing single handedly revived. The clan. The, the clan, clan, yeah, in the in the in, in the twenties, yeah, in the late teens and the twenties, yeah, they were dying out, and then like that movie, like, you know, their membership quadruples, and they have a million people, and there's guys in the Senate, you know, yeah. Democrats in the Senate, the president, Democrats, yeah. the president, they screen it, Woodrow Wilson, Wilson screened screened it in the White House, yeah. the White House, yeah. yeah. Said it was one of the best. Yeah. But Robert Byrd, the guy who was time. the senator for West Virginia up until like 2012, was a member of the Klan back in the day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he did. You know, he, he did kind of own it and yeah. and and rebuke later. it. He yeah, was like, later he, was like, he did. He was like, "Well, it's yeah. something we all kind of did." I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Oh, he didn't even do that. He was like, "Yeah, I was an asshole." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> more of that. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. so anyway, yeah. Food. Okay. Who, who else we got left? So we've got. Um, so the uh, we got the main, you got the the angry Klansman, the crazy Klansman, Felix, who is the most dangerous. Kinda. Yeah, he was good. I yeah. don't know that actor, but he was uh, really good. Yeah, he's a uh, European actor. His name is Jasper. Uh, forgive my pronunciation. Uh, Pakelman, Pakelman. I don't know. He's uh, <laughs> he, he's Norwegian or Swedish or something like that. Yeah, Scandinavian. Scandinavian. It's covered okay. all. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> all the same country. All the same. Well, that's an uh, ethnic group. That's insensitive. Yeah, yeah. No, it's ethnic group. Yeah, it's called yeah, Scandinavian. Yeah, 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 it belongs yeah. to that peninsula. And it's, it's so. interesting how you know, and he having be a European that makes sense because he kind of not makes sense, but in his performance, it seemed uh, he was kind of outside of the of the mainstream of everybody yeah. else's performance. And it, it felt, his performance felt kind of weird to me because it was, it was almost, in a movie that's already heightened, it was, it was almost over the top into, into caricature. 
Yeah, he had this. His his character had this singular yeah. intensity about it. Yeah, him, exactly. Where you didn't know, and for, and it was good because in scene to scene, you didn't know what this guy was going to do, and so he had sure. this like kind of singular intensity, and that's what I really liked about his about Felix and like his portrayal of Felix. Yeah, I give it that, especially in a, this over dramatized movie. Mm-hmm. Like he his character could do anything at any point. You know, yeah, yeah. I guess the only thing I didn't really like about his choice is that he kind of. Um, played, and I guess maybe this is just because of his his accent. The, the accent that he chose to develop was kind of like a semi southern accent. It was like a generic southern generic accent, southern. and that was kind of weird because it's they're in the Midwest. Or and once you find out that he's European, you can see why he right. did that. Right, he probably right. worked with a dialect coach, and he's right. like the clan is from the south, right? So I should yeah do a southern accent. So that made it yeah. kind of weird mm. for me because yeah. everybody else has this kind of neutral. And then again, they. The accent and how everybody spoke in the movie, and that's kind of a theme too, you know, right. about how how people speak, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, everybody still has this kind of um, this kind of generic Midwestern tone to their voice, and and um, and how you know racism can can uh, make you prejudge the definition of prejudice you know just mm-hmm. just prejudge of uh, a person on what they would sound like over the phone yeah you know yeah or over a yeah. podcast are you sure <laughs> <laughs> All right. yeah. okay so um then i guess we have uh the supporting characters of um chief bridger played by a veteran actor robert burke Oh, right, yeah, he's an SVU, um, yeah. He was good. He had one of my favorite lines in the movie when he called Muhammad Ali a draft dodger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. again. Because he was like, interviewing him. He's like, you go to Vietnam? He's like, no, sir, I went to college. Like that draft dodger Muhammad right. Ali. <laughs> yeah, once, they, they, again, it's the same thing. I'm say it. Uh, once you click over in white America from good Negro to bad Negro, like, it's, right. you know, it's... it's there's like, no, there's like, no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Like, you're either a good Negro or a bad Negro. And, like... As long as he's Cassius Clay, he was good. But then when he's like, I'm Muhammad Ali, and I'm standing up for black people and poor people all over the world, he's he's a draft doctor, especially in the seventies. Mm. Yeah, I mean, eventually, right. I mean, once he lost the power to, to once talk, he lost the power to speak, then it, all right, okay, we can brand right. him, we can brand Muhammad Ali whatever we want, and now he's cool from the eighties until he dies. And yeah. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, really what happened to him. Uh, but this character, sure. But this character is just a manifestation of that. Yeah, of, of the status quo. Yeah, and, and the name Bridger. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a yeah, building a bridge. bridge. Right. Gotcha. All right. That so, um, so here we go. I thought uh, got final thoughts. I'll I'll start out. I thought Black Klansman was a well crafted film telling a telling an allegorical tale about race in America, based on some for real shit. Loosely based. I'll add loosely. In the, in, yeah, the, in the title yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, did like like the begin- I did like at the beginning that that's what the text said. <laughs> right. The flavor text said based on some for real <laughs> shit. I said that's cool. It's a cool way to say based on true yeah. events. She said loosely based and on then, some yeah, true events. Yeah, <laughs> very loosely very based loosely. But, on some yeah. shit I read one time. Yeah, if you're going to be hyper-sound on a train telling a story. But Spike Lee at the top of his game. That's that's It's good to see him back. Good to see him back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was really well done. Um, 
I, I think he's a master craft maker. I think he, in terms of filmmaking, I think he doesn't get enough credit and enough support um, from like you know major corporations. There's no reason why he shouldn't be directing you know big blockbuster award-winning films and and things like that because he really knows how to put a really good movie together and use all his tools um, from a documentarian to you know a narrative storyteller. Um, so yeah, I um, I can see I'm glad that he won Khan and all that stuff. And for me, it was a, it was a great film. Um, with some problematic things about the, the actual history, um, which in my in the end of the day make it just a more interesting conversation piece. Um, necessarily don't take away from the film in itself. And um, so the last thing I'll say about the movie is the, the very opening of the movie I really, really liked uh, is the opening scene. It has this uh, uh, homage to Gone with the Wind, which is a nice hot take on that uh, film because uh, that's like a, yeah, even more, slightly more modern uh it's a romanticizing in the South and all that bullshit, you know. Uh, like, oh, the South is a uh, noble bullshit. Um, <laughs> anyway, in my opinion. And uh, and then they had Alec Baldwin as this doctor uh, speaking <laughs> of oh, And right. it had me dying. That scene, that, that opening scene, scene had me, and it got great. me right into I the movie. Totally forgot about like, this. Alec Baldwin doing his, uh, his rant. Uh, as this professor, this racist, racist uh, professor. doctor, professor guy. Yeah. He's like, what is this? You know, it was, it was very funny. It was very well Alec Baldwin yeah. and, yeah, and Spike Lee. I was like, get, got me right into the movie. So, yeah, definitely. Up on that. Um, I, I thought it was cool. It was a good watch. <clears throat> um, I guess I went into it just having a little bit more of an expectation because I had read the memoirs and I was familiar with Ron Stallworth and all that stuff. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Right. Ratings? All right. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it four, four and a half SJs. Just just well-crafted. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the only thing I'm taking, you know, a couple of the performances weren't were, were on the weak side. It's the only thing that's keeping it from getting the, the five. But I was so thoroughly entertained. Um, and, and part of it, you know, some of it kind of dragged in, in some places where the documentary stuff coming in was kind of jarring. Some tone changes were, were kind of weird for me. And um, I think I'm just going to give it one star scream just because I guess, uh, I've never given a zero star scream. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, coming off of that, uh, I would say I give it four. SJ's, uh, I think it's a very well done film, very well crafted. Um, you know, a few hits here and there for some of the performances and, and, and things. Um, uh, uh, he had to try and true spike tracking shot of people at the end. Of, right. I was like, where's the shot going to come spike? And he did it at the end. So, um, yeah. so four uh, SJ's, and I would give it uh, two star screams because of the sort of, you know, learning uh, after the fact, it felt a little disingenuous that it was, like, so embellished um, and, and things, like, you know, because it kind of... That didn't leave a great feeling in my mind. I was like, wait, this yeah. didn't happen? That didn't happen? He really, like, he he helped infiltrate, like, leftist black groups and, and took some of those down? Like, wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, like, that... But overall, a great film, very well done with a great message. All right. Hey, I guess I'm uh, copy and paste from uh, Double Black over here because I'm going to give the exact same score. Uh, <laughs> I give it four uh, SJs. I thought it, seriously, I was about to give it three and a half, but then I was like, no, the crafting of the film is, uh, is really well done. It's like uh, Double Black was saying. Uh, Spike Lee has really mastered his craft and I think this film really shows that. If you go and watch his films together, you can see that. So I'm going to give it uh, four SJs 
And then I'm going to give it uh, two star screams for pretty much exactly the same reason. It was like, it had a, as a movie, it had its own little flaws. That was like one uh, star screen. But then it was like, also the disingenuousness of the mm. history. It was like, that's a whole nother one. Bam. Take that, Spike. Right. Uh, take that back to Brooklyn. So... <laughs> take, take that back to Brooklyn. <laughs> All right. so that's what you get. We're Brooklyn at. Yeah. We're Brooklyn um, at. <laughs> so, Chicago, what you heard. Well, <laughs> for me, uh, I'm going to go three SJs uh, and three yeah. Star Screams. Um, because I feel, I feel it was just as much bad as it was good. Um, it was definitely not a bad film. I've seen worse Spike Lee movies. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, there's been some pretty bad ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Crooklyn? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, this was not up there with those. Um, so, uh, you know, on the other end, I really wasn't a big fan of the fact that it was so disingenuous and that mm. took a lot away from for me. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I was actually in the theater like exclaiming how much I was like, no, this is you know whatever, this is garbage. <laughs> like, like I was yeah. with my girl, my I girl like was like, with you. Yeah, my girl was like cool. sitting there like about to cry. I was like, don't cry at this, don't, don't cry, cry about this. none of this. I was like, none of this, <laughs> none of it. Oh, it's man. like yo, and then so yeah. I, I saw it at Amber Cinnamon at the yeah. very end of the movie yeah. when he does like that two minute montage of yep. real footage of people footage, like. Yeah. I was like, yo, I was like, how much more race baiting can you get? <laughs> I said, this don't even have nothing to do with what we just watched for two hours, man. I said, okay, cool. I'm I got a and walked out I didn't even get to the credits so <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't that it was a bad movie and I couldn't stay through it it's just you know it just, it takes a lot away from you so mm. yeah alright All right. yeah begin podcast Black Klansman holla <laughs>